Welcome back to another episode of Apex Mountain. My name is Jacob Lindgren, and join with me, as always, my good friend, my chill chum, Tanner Knox. Tanner, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm getting over being sick. I'm glad we didn't record sooner because this is probably the first day where I'm like understandable on a mic, I bet. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, timing for me. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just, uh, you know, trying to get through the days until we go to Mexico. So you got a vacation well, uh, coming up. Yep, going on an all-inclusive, so we're doing a double recording tonight, so uh, we can have some some uh, turnover before I leave, so that'd be a good time. Uh, you been watching anything? Yeah, I just uh, finished Don't Worry Darling. Um, that movie was all over the news a few weeks ago about how much it was kind of a train wreck. Olivia <laughs> Wilde, who directed it, didn't get along with basically anybody in it. Uh, Harry, Harry Styles is in it, and then there was a controversy on whether or not he spit on Chris Pine. It was a real mess. <laughs> But I watched the movie, and it's really not that good. But it's also not objectively bad either. Yeah. Um, I think the problem with it is is it's a sci-fi movie with a twist at the end where it's like, maybe utopias aren't so good kind of thing. And that's really treaded ground. Like, it's really not that thoughtful. But the movie yeah. thinks it's real fucking smart. You can tell the whole <laughs> time. It thinks it's inventing this genre as it goes. And it's pretty on the nose and a little silly. But... I think people will kind of come back around to it and think of it as like the Hunger Games of books or, you know what I mean? It's like kind of the bridge for like high school kids yeah. uh, to be an adult. You know, like when you're in high school, you don't watch the best movies, but you can there's there's some movies that are there that kind of hold your hand into bigger, higher quality movies. And right. I think this can be one of them. If you're a, a high schooler, I think this movie would actually impact you. But as an adult, I can and as an adult who's seen a lot of movies. I can see straight through that movie the whole time, and it's kind of boring. But <clears throat> right. anyway, I can understand where people were coming from. And also, I rewatched Nope, which is still fantastic. Not as good on a screen at home. Much better in theaters, but hmm. nothing you can do about that. Um, right. It is what it is, but it's very good at home. I wonder, like on a giant screen, if that would be make a difference. It would, oh. and it needs to be a dark room, and it needs to be really loud. Um, and it, you know, it is, it is designed for a theater. So if yeah. you can mimic that in any way at your home, you're going to enjoy it. It's a really awesome movie, but, um, definitely more of an experience than a rewatch, I'd say. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I've been watching, I watched, uh, Yellowstone. They had, uh, two episode series last week and I just finished watching episode three. Uh, getting pretty good. Uh, you haven't seen the last season, have you? Nope. Nope. Gotta gotta catch up, man. No, I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. I know. Um, has it, you know, kind of held up for you this far, or is it kind of a slow burn that you're expecting uh, more out of? There's some interesting things going on in season season five to start out, so uh, we'll see see what happens moving forward. Uh, it's still early on, so. Uh, besides that, though, they have a new thing on Netflix. I am Vanessa again. Uh, it was about the she was murdered at Fort Hood. She's in the army, and she's you know Hispanic and. Uh, it's just a big, there was a big thing and it's, it's, you know, semi-recent within the last couple of years, all this has happened. And so they made kind of a documentary on it on there. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Is that, that's not related to the one that was in Texas, was it? The, that, that's it. Is it the same one where they, mm -hmm. there was like maybe a, they tried to burn her or something. There was like, they found her body and it was in a compromised position, but they acted like it was an accident kind of thing. Yeah. They, she kept complaining of sexual assault and no one was really doing anything about it. And then. She had to go in one day for work, and at, like, lunchtime, this dude, like, kills her, and mm -hmm. him and another woman, like, cut her up and right. bury her in different parts pretty, of pretty the intense. woods. Pretty yeah. 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 But yep. anyway, on a lighter note, Bottle Rocket. 
Yeah, let's get into it. was good, you know. I thought Thank you, specialty. Thank you, because if I said that one, it would sound like bragging. Obviously, good quickness. Yeah, in and out, pretty fast. Real fast. Including the coin collection and the earrings. You took the earrings, Dignan? I bought the earrings for my mother on her birthday. Maybe we should have robbed your house. You ever think of that? Three outstanding young men. Bob Mapplethorpe, potential getaway driver. Go. I really want to be a part of this team. And I'm the only one with a car. That's good. That's good. Because that hits me right here. I'm Anthony. You speak English? It's amazing how close you can get to a girl when you're not allowed to talk to her. And my name's Digden, man. You in the army, yes? No, no, I just have short hair. We are a team. I, I can't focus unless the gun is on the table. We just paid for it. Shut up. Excuse me. Are the explosives really necessary? Okay, I'm glad I'm actually here and ready to talk about a movie I selected and don't select a movie that's two and a half hours long and then not participate in the episode. <laughs> so that's a good start already. Um, I picked this movie. I've been dying to watch it. It's the first Wes Anderson movie. You and I have enjoyed doing his movies in the past. I think Luke and Owen Wilson are this kind of strange, strange funny that I'm really into. Um, and like we talked about last week, I think that we're at the point now where strange movies are almost more appealing to us than blockbuster movies with the amount of movies that we've watched at this point. Um, it delivered to me. It's, I mean, I'll get into why I think it's better or worse than some of Wes Anderson's other movies here in a minute, but, uh, what did you think? Yeah, you're going to have to tell me about that one because I have liked all the Wes Anderson movies that we've done, but mm-hmm. this one is just like, what what the fuck's going on? Like, yeah. There's a bunch of shit going on that really doesn't make sense. There's a lot of times where you think like something might happen and then literally nothing happens in that scene and you're right. just like, it, it just keeps moving on. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, I don't... So this this movie came off the back of a short film that Wes Anderson did with them. Um, this is his debut movie. Um, and I can, you can definitely see, I don't know. I'm, I, in my opinion, at least you can definitely see his movies in this movie. Like you can see Wes Anderson's direction. You can see what he's going for. This is just a disjointed, uh, not fully cooked version of what we get later. If you compare this movie to the French dispatch, it is like night and day (laughs) crazy. But at the same time, the bones are there. The dialogue's there that there's a lot of the little silly stuff they say is really what I hang on. But yeah, yeah the, it's almost like the, the writing is so good as far as what he's trying to get across. And his style is so unique that there was so much effort in those two things that the screen almost was forgotten. There's parts yeah. in the movie that feels like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, Coming back in my brain with Napoleon Dynamite were like awkward silences. The camera just kind of pans at random objects. It, uh, you know, it just kind of relies on music in places where it shouldn't. It felt like he wasn't quite a director, but he was everything else. Yeah. That you know makes I mean? sense. Yeah, I mean, like the part where so they got the getaway driver and they're you know it's right after they were shooting the guns and he's got that pistol on the table and they're you know fighting a little bit over the pistol and I was waiting for somebody to, to go at off. least for it to shoot. Yeah, and right. they kept like pointing the gun in certain directions, thinking like okay somebody's about to get shot because of how it's pointed, and nothing happens and it just moves on and I'm like okay, but right. the you know he gets out of the insane asylum voluntarily, 
and then they're just like, all right, we're going to go rob somebody. Let me, let's practice what on his own house or something. Well, the beauty of it is, is that they really aren't bad guys. They're like, they're almost like seven year olds trapped in 30 year old bodies. And the fact yeah. where it's like, let's go, let's go be up to no good, which yeah. really means like, let's voluntarily leave places and pretend like we're captive. Let's go rob a house. But it turns out to be your mother's like, they're really, I mean, yes, selling her stuff to do a, to do an adventure is illegal and probably a bad thing, generally speaking. But right. Like, they're so harmless. You know, like, the police aren't looking for them. They're not really doing anything wrong. And that's what's fun. It's like, oh, this is going to be our big heist. We're just going to break into a warehouse with nobody in it that sells anything. I have no idea even what that warehouse was. But that's not the point. And it wasn't a point when we were seven and eight. It was like, let's go break in somewhere because that would be exhilarating. But we we broke into an abandoned building. You know what I mean? In a bookstore. It's like, they took, what, $300? It's like... Right. (laughs) Why? That, I think it's the embodiment. It's like the ad- adult embodiment of like the lack of forethought and the excitement and the rush of being a 10 year old. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this yeah. movie is adults pretending to be children. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I would say I did miss some of uh, Wes Anderson's, you know, kind of pivotal moments of uh, you know the pivotal parts of the of the movies that we've done in the past where like there's really crisp uh scene breaks he'll follow someone's head like perfectly it's almost like he's on or like rollers with someone as they walk and that kind of thing or he'll get fixated on an object for one second and then move away from it and there's like this weird personality and and humanity to the way he moves his camera around in these newer movies and in this old one you can tell like he's he, he's not bold in the way that he is later well, so even the colors nice. in his movies, like, like normally they're crisp, clean colors, and this movie was dull the whole time. Yeah, again, felt a lot of like Napoleon Dynamite, honestly, yeah. where where the where the color scheme was consistent, but it was consistently kind of drab. You know, it wasn't really anything interesting. It was almost like fixated on the boringness of the world that they were in. It, well, like the you know the woman that he meets and falls in love with doesn't even speak his language, so they're trying to figure that out. You're right. thinking, because later on when he calls her, she speaks pretty fluent English. You're thinking that she was lying. Maybe she's stealing from them or something. Nothing yeah. ever happens that I saw. Right, right. And I it's know like, I, brought, I brought up Napoleon Dynamite like three times already. But it also, she reminds me of the girlfriend that mm-hmm. he kind of gets in that, where it's like she doesn't really talk and she doesn't really bring anything to the table. But, like, she's sweet and innocent. And, like, that's kind of all he really needs is somebody to be there for him to kind of ground his weirdness into reality. Yeah. And... That's what happens in that movie. I wonder if that movie didn't just copy this movie. Because the more I talk about this movie, the more I think about this movie, the awkwardness of Napoleon Dynamite and just the strangeness of every character in it really feels like they they had a take on this one. Makes sense. The opposite happened, though, because this movie cost $7 million and made like 100K. It was a huge disaster. (laughs) And Napoleon Dynamite was... 100K made 7 million. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you like uh, Luke and Owen Wilson at all? I know we've talked about them both in the past, but they're all they're together right now. So, yeah, I think I do. Uh, you know, overall, you know, Owen Wilson was great in uh, old school, uh, or Luke Wilson rather. Owen Wilson's great in you know things like the- Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Uh, so overall, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna turn it off if I see that they're in the movie that I'm watching, uh, but I'm also probably not seeking them out. Sure. I can understand you? that. I think both of their acting styles is basically being themselves. <laughs> They're kind of the same in every movie, which I'm totally fine with. Um, 
Luke, I think, is particularly funny now that I've gotten a, lot, a little older because I don't know. There's something about how dry he says things and that he can mm-hmm. be kind of he can mold to whatever scene he's in. And the fact where he can be the guy that gets shit on and has to deal with something stupid and he can also run the scene for a minute. He's he's really nice. I think he's a little bit more flexible as an actor than Owen is. Um, I, agree. I, I, I like them both. I, I think that they're uniquely suitable for Wes Anderson. Well, it's funny you say that because I think Owen Wilson is more popular, more famous. Definitely, definitely more famous. And I think that has a lot to do with Wedding Crashers and uh, that he kind of went the comedy route where Luke, two feet in, decided I'm just going to make weird movies and be weird, yeah. which I yeah. respect. I, I like that. I mean, he, he, you know, he's not just doing whatever. He kind of has like a, this weird niche that he still does to this day. Right. One thing about this movie is other than those two, there wasn't really anybody in there that's famous at all or that's except for that's... james con which is super oh random. yeah i forgot about that so random that was probably half of the budget to get james <laughs> yeah, to show up. yeah that's that. that's like already super famous james con right so like oh yeah yeah that makes sense and he obviously played you know same part badass loud guy yeah mm-hmm. i really i think that he brought something to the he brought some legitimacy to the movie you know what i mean that yeah. was something that Napoleon Dynamite was really lacking because that movie felt like, okay, this is definitely a one-hit wonder. Like even mm-hmm. watching it, it's like this is funny, it's unique, it's weird, it's quirky, but they couldn't make this twice, and they did yeah. try to make it twice and it didn't work. But this movie, I think the reason why there's more legitimacy to it is because what you know James Caan is in this, and that he kind of he he actually has like an acting style that I think kind of grounds this movie a little bit. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't. I. I just. I thought it was kind of interesting. It was. It was weird. I think a lot of the ones liners were pretty good. Not that I can think of too many off the top of my head. Um, I basically picked this movie just because I felt like, as much as we like him, I feel like we needed to do it. This is like the cool guy pick. If you if you find Wes Anderson fans, Bottle Rocket always comes up really fast. Rushmore comes up really fast, and those are the first two movies he made. I think sometimes people pick those because they think they're supposed to, not because they actually believe that, but. I could see an argument that this is the kind you like. You like the raw version of Wes Anderson. Whereas, if, like I said, if you watched The French Dispatch, his most recent one, that one's so clean cut and so expensive and so beautiful that it's almost exhausting by the end of it because yeah. it, it, it requests so much brain capacity and uh, thoughtfulness. By the end of the movie, you're like thankful that it's over in a good way. It's a good movie, but it's exhausting. This movie yeah. you can watch and like it really doesn't affect your mood or your energy level you know right. so i can understand why you'd want to throw this movie on and kind of halfway listen and then laugh at the at the moments that you like the most are you glad you picked this movie for banger month or would you rather pick something else i am glad i picked it and the fact that i don't think we ever would have got around to it and that's really yeah. what i was using this month for was trying to find something that i want i really wanted to see and didn't think i would unless i had a reason to so that makes sense yeah i don't i don't understand the ending either like at the end he just gets caught and then goes to jail and it's like he's like oh isn't it ironic this is kind of how we started the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much and like at the same time if he goes to jail it's like for what really Mm -hmm. like nothing right it's again it's like it's like if 10 year olds are running around it's like even if you do get in trouble you're just your parents are gonna come pick you up you know it's like nothing's really gonna happen i was really looking for those you know behind the scenes meanings like oh this is a metaphor for this and this couldn't think of anything no. And I don't think that's what Wes Anderson goes for, really. I don't think that he's really trying to teach you anything other than 
he what he does is he kind of opens the boxes in your brain that you've shut. Like he doesn't invent yeah. anything. He just makes you think about things that you haven't in a while. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to walk away like a Jordan Peele movie where it's like, oh, this is about the media or whatever. Right. And there's conspiracy theories and all that. I don't right. mean that necessarily, but like Grand Budapest Hotel. Like you said, it opens things in your brain that you're like, oh, shit, that's cool. Oh, wow, this is neat. Oh, they're, you know, rhyming or they're, the colors are on point or this is supposed to be together kind of thing. And this one's, I, I couldn't find it. And to And to go with you on that, I think a lot of his movies... I guess maybe what I should say is their focus on humanity is like, no matter how serious the situation is or how silly the situation is, people are still the the center of everything. And no matter mm-hmm. like in the French Dispatch, there's guns going off and there's police chases and there's all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, you know, one section has Tim, uh, Timothy Chalamet in it, and it's like about whether or not to be into the revolution or just be the status quo. And it has all these big things that you can think about on the surface, but underneath it's like every person has anxiety every person has wants and dreams and they're all awkward everybody's quirky and weird and this movie is you know to represent everybody's weirdness and that's why everybody likes Wes Anderson so much and this movie kind of lacks that because it's so raw and these characters aren't very well rounded it is a silly movie it's a fun movie and when you when you find a way to enjoy it I think it hits every I think it hits really well but it's not as thoughtful about about humanity as his newer ones are his newer ones are much smarter i think definitely yeah Yeah. you're not coming into this and learning anything no no but that's okay (laughs) i want to watch rushville i want to watch rushmore now i want to watch him in order i'm going to do that on the side because yeah i'm interested to see how he changes because the last one i watched was the french dispatch and this is the this is the next one i watched and they like i said they could not be further apart and it would be interesting to see how he got there well, you just watched the first one. You might as well go on to the second one. I know. I know. Rush, Rushmore's next. I won't make you watch it, though. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, uh, I guess, what did everyone else have to say about this movie? It did not do well in the box in the box office, and it also was pretty middling with reviews. Metascore came out at a 66. There were some people who really did enjoy it. Dallas Observer gave it an 80. Uh, I'm assuming Dallas gave it an 80 because the Wilson brothers are from Texas, so there's probably a little bit of... Uh, homerism there but um, entertainment weekly gave it an 83 usa today 75 etc i think people liked its quirkiness but on the opposite side of that people thought it was grueling and numbing and like doesn't really go anywhere yeah um, and that's kind of what you're saying so interesting yeah well um i guess we'll get to the new segment i'm trying to put in here that i don't know if it's hitting or not but uh could you add could you add a courtroom scene to this to this movie? I think you could. I think it's pretty obvious. You do it at the yeah. end. And then you watch all the tomfoolery of Owen Wilson on the stand, you know. How uh what what would the what would he be in court for? Would would you have the the guy that got shot on the stand? <laughs> I think honestly, if Wes Anderson had to do a courtroom scene, I think what he would probably do is similar to the similar to what he did in that uh warehouse where it's like all of the dialogue almost has nothing to do with what you're in there for. Like, you don't even know what the charges are, you know? And then at the end of their, like, witty exchange, you just hear somebody hit the gavel, and that's it. You know what could, I mean? Like, it wouldn't even make sense. Could the courtroom scene be his next movie, but in the courtroom, he's talking about a series of events that was totally different, and that mm. that's what the whole next movie is about? And then at the very end, they come back to the court scene of this movie? Right. That was, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Honestly, I think Wes Anderson would enjoy a courtroom scene because... 
especially in his later movies, he loves to like get a whole bunch of people in one room and make the situation awkward. And then he takes the camera and pans to each person for like half a second to see how everyone's taking the news. Some people are, you know, all thrown off. Other people aren't even listening, whatever. He loves doing that. So I think he'd do really good in the courtroom scene, actually. I would, would love that. Cool. We should add that to this. That would be neat. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, you want to read it? Yeah, let's do it. Normally, I make you start, but since I picked this one, I will. Good Opinion idea. of this movie, I think I'm going to go with a 7.2. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's too raw for me. I would not pick it as Wes Anderson as my favorite Wes Anderson movie. That's probably still the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, what is your favorite? Probably Royal Tenenbaums. That one was really fun. I liked it. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I think that one made more sense to me because I watched Budapest first, and so yeah. I understood what kind of director he is, you know? I'd love to come back sometime and watch French Dispatch with you because it was, it's the version of him that you'd like, I think. And it tells like three different stories. It's very, it's very cool. It's a very good movie. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Your opinion of Bottle Rocket. I'm going to go with like a 6.1 because I can see the, what could have been, I feel like, uh, you know, if he, if he did this movie 10 years later, I think this would have played out different and would have probably been better, you know? So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, and uh, maybe this is where you and I are a little different with it. I I like his later movies better than this movie. I can see him I can see his him growing up through this movie in a weird way like this. I can see all that. I don't want this movie to be any different. I like that it's weird. I like that it is what it is. I like that it's a little different than everything else. I like that. And I like Owen and Luke not having to share the screen with somebody really famous, you know. Yeah. There's no Bill Murray that's like overshadowing them or you know what i mean angelica houston or whatever there's it's not those people it's just them doing their thing um and no it's not going to be my favorite but i'm glad that it exists because it's so weird i just love how weird it was well i was gonna ask you how often you're gonna rewatch it but i guess we'll get to that in a minute yes we will yes we will acting ability of the whole cast directing yada yada i'm gonna go with a flat seven again i think wes anderson's good and i like watching this like raw thing that i feel like i shouldn't be seeing you know it's like not quite up to par with how i envisioned him but I love watching him work. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, the movie's a little confusing for me as far as like what's the point, what are you getting at here? But I think as far as the acting goes, I mean, you know, Luke Wilson's trying to have a relationship with someone he can't even talk to. Uh, Owen Wilson's trying to like be in charge of this nonsense crew that they're all just nonsensical. Um, right. And I mean, I think they do that well. I'm gonna go with like a six eight. Rewatchability. Um, I'm going to go with the same as my opinion of 7.2. I think I will have this on a surprising amount because I think it's like comfort food, you know? It's not trying to say anything more than what it's doing. There's no gravity to anything that they're doing. There's no reason to... There's no reason to sit down in the middle of a scene because you have to finish it. You can mosey through it, you know what I mean? And I kind of like that. You can just come in and out and play on your phone or whatever and catch your favorite little one-liners. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with like a 5.8. I don't see myself watching it anytime soon. Um, but, you know, it's an hour and a half, so I could sit through it if need be. Or, you know, if there's a if it's on TV, I'll probably pop in for a second, see where we're at, and then move on. Gun to your head. You could watch Bottle Rocket. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it comes out to you, guess. Um, 6.5. A little higher than I thought it would be. Six, seven. Nice. Yeah. Tied with some good movies. Hidden Figures, Demolition Man, War Dogs, Eight Below, and High Fidelity is point one above. 
Open Range. Man, I feel like I haven't watched that movie in forever. Mm-hmm. Natural Born Killers and The Jerk. And it is point one below Life, Bad Boys, Four Good Days, and Risky Business. Hmm. Interesting. We've watched a lot of movies. Yes, we have. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Apex Mountain. From all of us here at Apex Mountain, including our producers, our directors, uh, the stars of the show, Jacob and I, uh, we'd all we'd love to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with that, you can check us out at apexmountainpod at gmail.com or over there on Instagram. Let us know what you think of Wes Anderson movies. Let us know what you think of this movie. Is this your favorite or which one is your favorite? Um, that's all. Come back next week. We got a surprise in the making, and we're about to go record that. So uh, you got anything else, Jacob? No. Nope. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.